gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Dale Lippin. I'm in here. Man, I'm so excited. It's going to be a great card. I got my man, Trey Van Buskirk, in the building. Everything looks fresh. The chat's already loaded up. People are in here. They're excited. They're ready to go. Trey, are you ready to go? I'll tell you a quick story here, Dale. Let me tell you a quick story here. It's crack. That was a crisp crack. I've come to terms with something, my brother. Okay, what do you got? What do you got? I think I'm a mush. You think you're the mush? You think you got the mush gene? I think no. I'm the mush. I, uh, you have the mush gene? That's a rare gene. Not a lot of people have it. Now, based on your mannerism, the way you're talking right now, I feel like you knew that I was a mush. No, no. I don't think you're a mush at all. I don't think okay. you're a mush at all. But here, you are not a real degenerate gambler if at one point in time you don't believe that you are a mush. But you know what? you know what comes after the darkest of nights? The brightest of days. The brightest of days, bro. You're just in the dark night. All you got to do is just wait it out. The sun will come out tomorrow, like your girl Shirley said. You're okay, man. Just just ride it out. Ride the cold wave. I can't pick a fucking booger lately, but let's just roll with it, dude. I disagree. I disagree. How did you do last weekend? Uh, well, it depends. Are we talking MMA or are we talking NCAA? Because live betting has ruined my bank account. Well, Thank first you of stimulus. all, yeah, well, right, uh, live betting is chasing the dragon. We know that. All right, so last week you went Griffin Moneyline. That's a win. Yep. Faded him at the last second. That okay. Well, you shouldn't have done that. So, but yeah. what we put out, Griffin Moneyline, you smacked it. Yep. Dawson Moneyline, you hit that. Hit that. Tuivasa Hunsucker, you went over one and a half. I advised against that, but you didn't listen to me. That's okay. And then Giles Dolidze, Dolidez, you went inside the distance, which by all accounts, it probably could have been. But, you know, anyway, two for two, 50%. That's not bad. A lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda's in there, man. A lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda's. Woulda, shoulda. Well, I mean, you didn't do as well as me, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. Just ride it out, man. That's all you got to do. You got to ride it out. What are you drinking tonight? That was a pretty crisp crack for a seltzer. God, I was hoping you were not going to say that. I was hoping you weren't going to say that. Is it a seltzer? Ah, it's a seltzer. Bro, I need you to get, I'm going to, again, I'm going to keep plugging them until they pay me for it. Wild Leap Local Gold. I'm going to keep plugging them until they pay me for it because I love this beer. Listen to that. Did you hear that? Dude, we're not sponsored by them. Just Listen, stop. just. Oh, there's some on the screen. I got some on the screen. The can explodes with flavor. It's unbelievable. I got to get all this stuff off the screen. All right. Anyway, let's get into this car. But before we do, I got confirmation yesterday that we got a bunch of stakes on the way to our man, John Anik. Um, dude, he's he's it's it's headed his way right now. Some of the best steak on the planet Earth. And where can you get that? You can get it at stayclassymeats.com. If you go to stayclassymeats.com and you use promo code FIST, you can save 10% on the entire order. Be sure to check them out. They got jerky now, too. They got all kinds of different jerkies, bro. Jerky's dangerous, man. That's like you, you put that right next to your little office setup, and Ooh. by the end of it, you're down three bags. Yep, I agree. I agree. Anik also received a little punchless shirt in the mail, so uh-huh. I read in said messages, Dale. He did. He did. He did. He got, a, he got his custom shirt. Um, it, it had this on it. It had this. 
right here, right on my breast line, right on my breasts. Yeah. Rock flag and eagle. Love it. Guys, if you like to rock flag and eagle as well as wearing something that feels like almost like an Egyptian cotton, just kind of want to, it feels like you're getting out of shower or maybe getting in the shower thing just Mm -hmm. drapes on you. Feels great. Got Mm -hmm. that cut. So if you're still out of shape, it makes you look like you're in shape. Awesome color palettes going on. Guys, go to allegianceclothing.com, type in the code PUNCH, and you're going to get 15% off site-wide. If, Dale, you need a mask when you go to UFC 261, if, Dale, you need a windbreaker, Allegiance Clothing's got the face packs, the windbreaker, the fanny packs, the shirts, the collar, the button-downs. It's got everything. Allegianceclothing.com, type in the code PUNCH, 15% off site-wide. Speaking of things that look good, how good is this new background look? I hope people are taking like an intricate view because there are some champions in the background. There, there so. are some champions in the background. We've got a little bit of the latest and greatest in like sort of ghost imprint format in the background. Shout out to I'm gonna I'm gonna mispronounce his name, so yeah. we're just gonna we're gonna lean into that. Me as a name guy, I'm just letting you know I'm gonna mispronounce your name, but we're gonna go ahead and say Rashi. Shout out to Rashi. He he killed he killed this for us. Listener of the show, appreciate you, brother submitted this you did the hard work and we're just here to reap the benefits of your hard work and labor fantastic background man i really really like it bang bang dude bang bang all right so we're gonna do something we're gonna we're gonna i guess we're just gonna harken back to times of old right the last few weeks we've been doing this thing where we're breaking down the prelims on instagram live and we're doing the main card here but here's what we're gonna do we decided that people just want to drink beer with us on a friday night anyway it doesn't really matter whether or not we're breaking down the prelims they just want to get together with your boys check out your flow see what we got going on and they just want to crack a cold one with us on fridays so we're going to keep doing that we're still going to do bets and beers on friday nights but we're going to give you what you initially signed up for we don't want to move the carrot on you we don't want to do the old bait and switch you came here for fight breakdowns and damn it fight breakdowns are what you're going to get so we're going to get them all we're doing prelims and we're doing main card. So let's kick this thing off, dude. UFC 260 takes place on Saturday night. It's the rematch. Stipe Miocic versus the Predator. Francis Ngannou is the main event. Here's the thing, man. I'm seeing a four-fight main card, but we know that that can't be right. There's got to be something that gets bumped up and makes it five, right? Mm-hmm. We can't do an early prelim, a prelim, and then a main card of only four. That won't sell. No. So I'm going to go ahead and just throw William Knight and Alonzo Menafield as part of the main card, right? As it sits right now, I'm seeing that as maybe the featured prelim. It, it, wait, it, it doesn't matter. We're going to get them all anyway. So let's just start at William Knight versus Alonzo Menafield. Yeah? That sounds fine. That sounds Perfect. Perfect. William Knight taking on Alonzo Menafield, 9-1 and one versus 9-2. and two. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this fight was slated for a few weeks ago, got canceled, and now the New England cartel is flying back. And William Knight has taken on Alonzo Menafield yet again. Is that correct? That is correct. I believe someone had uh, COVID-19, the dang corona in they got that dang, corner. They got that dang Chinese virus. It was <laughs> it's a it was a pick 'em then, it's a pick 'em now. Over under rounds is at one and a half. Man, I'm gonna tell you what, dude. I didn't like this fight then. This is a really weak lead into the show. I didn't like this fight then. I don't like it now. Both of these guys are big and strong and not built to last long. Um, this fight, over under on rounds is at one and a half. I'm thinking very safe, inside the distance, just to increase my beer money, right? Let's take it at a minus 300 or wherever it comes in, get that 30 cents on the dollar, and just keep it moving. 
just keep it moving. You just want, all right, so what do I need? Well, I'm going well, to drink some of this wild gold, right? Uh, or local gold. So what am I going to do? What am I doing? I just need to, I need to get a six pack's worth. So I'm just going to throw a 20 on it, get my money back and then roll out, go buy another sixer and get ready for the main event. Conservative here inside the distance play. None of these guys are built to last long. It's either going to be a sloppy decision or it ends inside the distance. I like, actually, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm changing it. Audible, audible over one and a half calling it over one and a half. Who is this guy, dude? Just I'm, fired oh, I'm up. just gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing conservative. I'm just gonna fucking throw a twenty on a fight that we should be staying away. What is it? Red panty night, dude. Get out of here. I got that stimmy money, bro. <laughs> hashtag stimmy. Yeah. Hashtag hashtag stimmy bets. That's fair. I'm going heavy because that's stimmy. Dude. Yeah, bro. Man. This is a stimmy parlay. Hashtag yeah. stimmy parlay. I'm that telling thing you. Came guys. in, man. I was like, baby, we made it. Especially we made it. with UFC 260. Well, let me tell you this real quick. Yeah, let's go. Lonzo Menafield, dude. This guy. This guy. He could work not, at Hooters. He's got, he's got those, those he breast assists. Man, he's huge. He, the, bro. He's got those izzies. He go. Listen, the moment he gets old and stops working out, those things, man, he's gonna he's gonna be looking, he's gonna walk around looking like Bob from Fight Club. There's oh. a reference for the chat. Mm. Well, I hope he fights like Bob because Bob was a savage, dude. Bob was a savage, right? He just pressed people up against some big giant sweaty tits and just yeah, sure. Shit, man. Too Sorry. much love. All right, go ahead. I'm not sure I have too much love for Alonzo Menafield in this fight, though. And the reason I say that is because we I've started to see Alonzo over the past couple of fights almost be way too hesitant when he's in the pocket. He's like overthinking his shots. And I don't really know if he wants to be the person to, you know, strike first. He wants to counter. I don't think he really knows what he wants to do. And I think we saw that both when he fought Devin Clark. Devin mm. Clark implemented the perfect game plan against him. He acted as like a full-on wet blanket. Now, granted, didn't really do much damage, but didn't allow Alonzo to work from distance or strike from distance. I.e., let's move over to someone like OSP. OSP picked him apart from distance. And I think that was because he was hesitant. He wanted to work with the counter didn't really work with a counter wasn't going to be first Devin Clark couldn't break that couldn't stop you know Devin Clark he was stuck in the takedowns but nothing was really happening I don't think Alonzo knows what his game plan is hmm. and one thing I do know with William Knight he's got a grappling foundation he is going to be able to take Alonzo down if need be or if he doesn't work dirty in the clinch and do the Devin Clark type mentality William Knight is going to get this done I'm going to lay down some cash on that on that pick him for uh, William Knight there, sir. So you, you went from saying we should avoid this fight to now you're betting on it. Well, dude, if once you said stimmy, dude, I'm just I'm going heavy. You gotta I'm go going, stimmy, bro. Going you right stimmy. Listen, I see I see 10 fights on the card, 11 fights on the card, and then I'm thinking about every American, you know, felon or not, received fourteen hundred dollars from Sleepy Joe. So you might as well throw at least a buck twenty-five on each one. <laughs> I'm just saying you might as well. You might as well. What what better way to stimulate the economy than betting on the over under on a William Knight Alonzo Menafield fight? Bet the over and take Knight and pick a money. All right, let's keep it going before I'm making everybody mad today. Jamie Malarkey at 12 and 4, taking on Kama Worthy at 16 and 7. Kama Worthy fighting out of mild stomping grounds, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And he is the favorite here at a minus 120 over Jamie Malarkey at a plus 100 over under rounds at one and a half. I don't think this fight needs the judges at all. 
I don't think the judges get involved in this fight in the slightest bit. I think Kama Worthy, when he gets hit, does not like being hit and is prone to go down. Jamie Malarkey is there to be hit, so a guy that's weird and herky-jerky, almost like a fast Keith Jardine like Kama Worthy, he's going to be there to hit Jamie Malarkey. So one of these guys is going down. Neither one of these dudes are built with uh, with grit, determination, and endurance in mind. Somebody's going to sleep here. This thing is not seeing three rounds. I like it inside the distance. I like Kama Worthy. I like, I don't want to say I like under one and a half, but I do like Kama Worthy. And I think by, maybe by KO, you might be able to get a decent price on him here. Yeah. Worthy's one of those guys where he gets like in, in close quarters and gets into that like, you know, dirty boxing esque you know area and he doesn't know what to do and he starts throwing like a madman yeah with no defense whatsoever jamie malarkey was a guy that came into the ufc with a bunch of striking but it's weird once he landed in the ufc he started to implement his grappling yeah. so he has a good jab he's got good footwork and i think when he's met in the center with comma there's going to be chaos and if one of them is going to go down because i don't think jamie malarkey has much of a chin and i know like you said comma is someone who is very clippable. So I don't like the under one and a half. I think there's going to be a, a minute of feeling each other out, but inside the distance on this, I like. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Common worthy just makes me nervous too. I don't know. Just, something about him just seems untrustworthy. Would you say that he has bad comma? Well, it's good. It's good. <laughs> That's good. I could say that, but you know, it'd be a bunch of malarkey. Oh, <laughs> oh, dude, that was legit. Dad jokes for the win. All right, Thomas <laughs> Almeida, twenty-two and four, taking on your boy, Sugar Sean O'Malley, bro. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than this. This is, this is the, this is the resurrection of your fandom, the rainbow hair and all. This is what you came for. I'm gonna let you go first here because I want to know how you're gonna dissect an undefeated Sean O'Malley. At thirteen and one, taking on Thomas Almeida at twenty-two and four, mentally undefeated, Sugar Show <laughs> minus three twenty, Thomas Almeida plus two seventy over on our rounds here. Trey, is it one and a half? Lots of one and a halfs here. Lots of lots of one and a halfs on this card. We haven't even touched the surface on all the one and a halfs here. There's a bunch. Um, so here we go. Yeah, Thomas Almeida, your boy, Sugar Sean O'Malley. I present to you first dibs. Not. Not my boy. I have much stronger ankles than that bitch. Um, <laughs> and I will say that. Um, Sugar is a guy. He's obviously extremely dangerous. When you have a 72-inch you know, reach advantage, you're lanky. You have really, really technical striking. Uh, you're, you're, you're a problem. You're a problem child. Mm. Uh, Thomas Almeida, I'll let you speak to the quality of competition, but there's a mass disparity. Thomas mm -hmm. Almeida at a plus 270 is completely, completely disrespectful. And I, I don't say that because he's on a losing skid. Obviously, once we saw him fight Cody Garbrandt and he just got absolutely laid out, he's never really been the same. Mm -hmm. But Sean O'Malley is a guy that has not fought anyone that legit. Mar Marlon Vera, sure. And what did Marlon Vera kick the shit out of his ankle? And mm -hmm. you know, whatever he wants to say, he rolled it, whatever. Marlon Vera won that fight. Mm -hmm. Eddie Wyland, come on, dude. The guy can't hasn't won in a while. He was, you know, former former what, champion, title, challenger, whatever. W, yeah, WC, WC champ. WC yeah. champ, you had it. There you go. And then Quinones. Like, come on, dude. This is this is not the resume that you want. Thomas Almeida's fought the who's who. He's fought the Jimmy Rivera's, the Rob Fonts. He's fought everyone. The guy averages almost like five significant strikes per minute. The guy's legit. He's in your face. I think the thing that <laughs> makes me most nervous about this, Dale, is this guy, Sean O'Malley, brings the largest limelight. 
Mm. And I get worried with fighters that step in with him because it's not the quality of competition, but it's the aura that that guy brings that mm. puts this added pressure and makes you overthink things. And I think with someone that picks their shots like Sean O'Malley and comes in with that aura, it throws you completely off your game. Mm. So who knows what type of Thomas Almeida we're going to see in there. But I think that he has the tools to beat Sean O'Malley. And I'm definitely playing Thomas in this fight. So here's the thing. So I agree with playing Thomas Almeida in this fight, but I want I want to I want to throw a caveat to this. The reason why I want to play Thomas Almeida at this at, in this fight is at the because of the price you can get him at, not necessarily because I believe that this is some sort of thing where the odds makers got it completely wrong and Sugar Sean O'Malley does not have a good chance of winning this fight because I believe that Sean O'Malley does have a good shot at winning this fight, mm-hmm. if not a a a fair to uh, great shot at winning this fight. Thomas Almeida has lost three of his last four um, with his lone win in that time period coming against Albert Morales, which is not exactly screaming premier competition to me. Losses to Jonathan Martinez, who really disappointed me uh, with the loss to Davy Grant because I felt like he was much better than Davy Grant. Fun fact, though, let's just talk about this real quick. The, the, the kid that is, um, I'm not going to say his name, um, but the kid that is currently embedded in the Elevation Fight Team camp that is putting out webisodes documenting UFC fighters heading up into their events, every UFC fighter he has he has followed along has lost. Oh. Right, right. Alex Hernandez, Drew Dober, Jonathan Martinez. The next one that he's been following around, Yusuf Zalal. Who's, who's fighting next month. Ooh. So just keep that in mind. F- fighters documented on his show are 0-3. Just throwing that out there. Um, now, here's the thing. Uh, Jared says in the chat, if O'Malley by KO is the same price as Almeida or close, wouldn't you rather bet that? 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. 100% I would rather bet that. Um, I think that Sean O'Malley should probably win this fight. Like looking at it, if they were to fight 10 times, I give Sean O'Malley probably a 6 or 7 out of 10 chance that he's going to win the fight, right? Six or seven times out of 10, he's going to win it. But I like, I will play those 20 and 30% odds, that 30% chance at hitting, but I'll play it for small numbers, right? At a plus 270, I'm looking at that going, there's pretty decent return on my money. I might throw something small on it. I'm not suggesting, you know, at a minus 320, I can't play Sean O'Malley. I can't play him money line. I got to play him by KO or I got to play him by result. Thomas Almeida, you can find value with him anywhere. I like Thomas Almeida. I like him by knockout as well because I don't necessarily see him, you know, toughing it out over three rounds and getting into a blood and guts war with Sean O'Malley. I really think that possibly a result play with Thomas Almeida, you know, a knockout, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to submit Sean O'Malley, but then even a money line play, it's possible to entertain it. I'm not, I'm not here advocating saying Sean O'Malley is going to lose this fight. I think that the odds that, I don't want to say they're they're this way for a reason, but when a guy loses three out of four, they're 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 that way for a reason, right? That, that's kind of why we we are where we are. Um, I don't want to talk myself into Sean O'Malley, but I like Sean O'Malley by knockout. I like Thomas Almeida money line. Something to think about. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm still tor- I'm still torn on this because I I honestly believe that Sean O'Malley's softer than duck shit. Yeah. I really do. I don't believe I don't believe he's got an ounce of grit in his body. I think I don't think. He's ever. I don't think he's ever bled outside of whenever he shaves his legs. I I think he's soft. 
I think he's super soft. And if you can get him in a, if you can get him in a war, you're going to beat him. So, well, and you know, for someone that's on a three fight losing skit, it's, you can't reinvent the wheel. Your back's up against the wall. The pink slips on the locker. Right. You got to stay with what you know and hope that it pans out. I would wish, I would pray that Thomas would come in and exploit one massive thing. That is a takedown on Sean O'Malley. Get the dude to the ground. Let's see what he's worth. No one's ever exploited that or seen that. The problem is Tom, Thomas Oma, or Thomas Almeida has never had a takedown in the UFC. There you go. Well, see, listen, you took notes this time, and I can tell. I can tell by your analysis that you took notes for this episode. Oh, dude, I did. I did. <laughs> Don't you worry about my note-taking Jeez, skills. Yeah. I got this under control. All right, man. Let's see here. Co- or, uh, yeah, co-main event of the evening. Vincente Luque at 19-7-1. Tyron Woodley at 19-6-1. Nearly identical records, which is so weird considering the career trajectory of both of these gentlemen. Luque almost had a non-playable minus 255 against a Tyron Woodley coming back to plus 215 over and around is at two and a half. I said this last time with the Gilbert Burns fight, the Colby Covington fight. I will not bet on Tyron Woodley again until I see him win a fight. So for me, I'm looking at this and it it becomes a very simple thing from a betting perspective. It's dog or pass. It might be Luke in a parlay. If it's my last leg of the night, because we've got some great value on the prelims that we're going to get to here. Looking at maybe making Luke my last play of the evening on some parlays. So that way I can hedge with Tyron Woodley. But even then, that makes me nervous. I mean, obviously a hedge means you're, we're guaranteeing money here. So there's nothing to be too nervous about that. But the flip side of that is I cannot bet anything Tyron Woodley Um I can't, I can't bet anything Tyron Woodley. I have to see him win another fight. I have to see him win another fight. Vincente Luque is not going to take him down. It's going to be a stand, it's going to be a standing affair. And with it being a standing affair, we have seen Tyron Woodley. He does not have the gumption to, to, to hit the go button, right? The biggest thing that he had, if you look back at the cost check fight, you look back, even the strike force days, was that explosiveness, that willing to get in and explode and engage. But all he does is very Johnny Hendricks-esque. And that time has passed. He rushes with the left hand, throws two or three punches, and then he's done. All this other stuff that he's talking about, it just hasn't it hasn't come to fruition, right? He can sit there and he can put all the motivational quotes up he wants. He can consider himself a lion and talk about how the lions don't care about the, the opinions of sheep and wolves and all this other animal analogy stuff. It doesn't matter unless you're putting knuckle to face. And Tyron Woodley... As a ship without a rudder, he's lost at sea. He doesn't trust himself. He doesn't know whether he's up, down, sailing north, south, east, west. He has no idea what's going on right now. He has no idea what solid ground looks like. And until he does, you'd be foolish. I'm just going to say it, You'd be foolish to bet on him until you see him win a fight and show that he's made the adjustments. Oh. Well, call me a fool, sir. Dude, please don't. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right, hold on. Let me just let me back up here. Vicente Luque. There's only a couple people in the UFC that I literally say they have a granite chin, the straight up statue of David themselves, and that mm-hmm. is Vicente Luque and Darren Stewart. To me, those guys are made of granite. You can't break them. They're super gnarly. I don't Why understand you- that. Eric Anders had Darren Stewart out on his feet by a legal knee, dude. That doesn't that doesn't count. Prior That's like to saying that. I brought a gun into the octagon, I shot him in the face, and he like he went down. Prior to the illegal <laughs> knee, that the fight could have been stopped. Oh, please. 
Okay. okay. Anyway, carry on. I, I interrupted your point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, Tom Woodley, like you said, three-fight losing skid. Let's look into those numbers a little bit. In the three-fight losing skid, coming from a guy who was predominantly a counterpuncher and then exercised his like overhand right to like make a statement within that exchange, the dude has been struck out 302 to 96 in hmm. his last three fights. That says enough, especially with someone like Vicente Luque, who is going to be dangerous with his legs. He's going to use those low to mid leg kicks, which brings you kind of draws you in because you don't want to stay at distance. And then he is going to throw the onslaught of overhand lefts and rights. He is extremely dangerous. Here's mm. the piece though, that I think people are forgetting. Mm. If you're going tit for tat, as it comes to grappling and wrestling, I'm going to fair with Tyron Woodley. I don't think that he's going to do anything devastating, but I think he is going to set, utilize his counters to set up feints to get in there and just hug this thing up against the cage, elongate this thing, make it the most boring fight, and let it be known, Dale. Let it be known right now. Mm -hmm. Tyron Willie is going to win this thing by decision, and he is going to rip off those gloves and put them in the center. I'm saying it now. You heard it first. It's over. He's going to go work at TMZ. It's done. <laughs> Dude, I, boy, yeah, I mean, this is hot take after hot. I don't understand. Are you serious? So, so you believe that Tyron Woodley one is going to win a fight for the first time since like what 2017? Yeah. It's just, I just want to make sure we're getting this done board. When was the last time Tyron Woodley won a fight? 2018. 2018. So I wasn't far off. I literally was just grabbing that off the top of my head. So last time he won a fight was in 2018 against Darren Till. Okay, perfect. So since 2018, yeah. so so last time, um. The last time Tyron Woodley won a fight, you didn't have any kids. That's true. Yeah, that's valid point. Okay, so the last time Tyron Woodley won a fight, you didn't have any kids, and you're going to bet on Tyron Woodley. Yeah, I actually okay. think I bet better before I had kids. So, all right, fair enough. Okay, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. Um, okay, I, I just I, I need to look and see if there's any props on this real quick. I just I don't I don't want to. It's Woodley by decision, dude. Woodley by decision. I love that. That's so juicy, dude. The whole stimmy's going on that. No, you can't because you already put your whole stimmy on something on on the um, what's his face fight, dude. I have stimmy for my kids. I'll use Kinsley stimmy. Oh, dude, that's right. You do get <laughs> yeah. You got stimmy. You got kids stimmy. Yeah, that's yeah, different. I'm gonna throw my kids stimmy on that one. <laughs> throw the kids. <laughs> you do have listen. You have support. You have support. <laughs> Jared's with you. Jared's with you. Jared in the chat. I appreciate it. Real quick, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be that guy for a second. If you're in the chat, please give give the video a thumbs up. Um, appreciate those thumbs up. That's. I just want to go ahead and throw that out there. All right. So let's see here. Um, look, look, man. You, you never get what you don't ask for, and I'm just gonna ask for it every once in a while. I just ask, right? I always ask for two things: like, subscribe, and share. Leave a review on iTunes if you can. And now I'm going to add one more thing to it. I'm just going to ask you to thumbs up the video. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. The chat says Luke is going to hurt him early and Tyron will lose all confidence just like he did in the Burns fight. If you didn't know, Burns is Luke's buddy. I am aware. I am aware that there are boys. Luke, Luke was in uh, was in Burns' corner for the um, for the Usman fight. So I need, to, I need to wet the whistle here. All right, man. Let's talk about the main event of the evening. Oh boy. The rematch. Stipe, my man, immigrant mentality, Miocic, taking on Francis Ngannou. Stipe at 20 and 3, Francis Ngannou at 15 and 3. Stipe, the underdog, yet again. Hmm. 
even though he's got a win over Francis. We see him as the underdog. Um, we're just going to round up these numbers here. Plus 105, Francis and Ganu in the minus 125. Uh, over on our rounds again at one and a half. I feel like with main events, I tend to go first. Yeah, I don't want to dominate the conversation here. So um, I feel pretty passionately about this fight. So I'm going to... I'm going to let you go first because I, I, I've i got a couple words I want to say. Okay. Well, shit, this is – all right. I'll just uh, I'll grease the runway for you a little bit here. I'm going Miocic uh, for a couple of reasons. Okay. I think that a lot of people are putting weight into the obviously the devastating fashion that Nagano gets it done. Let's go back to the Rosenstruck fight. If you mm-hmm. can tell me that when Francis fought that fight, there was technique, there was a game plan, <laughs> there was not. It was mm-hmm. a guy that bull rushed across the cage, mm-hmm. grew hands like helicopter fashion, mm-hmm. and just clipped a guy that was willing to trade back in that instance. Yeah. Stipe Miocic is a smart fighter. And there's something he's even better at than his intellect. Mm. That's his cardio. Not many heavyweights have a cardio tank like Stipe does. Mm. Stipe's got great boxing, and he's got great wrestling. And if you have someone who's smart and can implement a wrestling game, against someone who is going to try and bull rush and clip you, which, mind you, could happen at any time. The guy has freaking trucks in his hands. I think Stipe Miocic is the smarter and better fighter here. There's only been five people out of the 17 fights he's had in his career that have outstruck him. Stipe is going to stick and move. He, If he sees an engagement happen that it looks way too aggressive, don't be surprised if you see him kind of do the dip and run. Like, he'll be smart. Let's, let's weigh through Francis for a minute, get through the first round, watch his cardio tank deplete like it did in the first fight, and that's it. Mangano has really bad striking. I'm going to say that. He has really devastating striking, but he doesn't have good striking. Stipe has that, and we've seen that, whether that was the Cormier fight. He knows how to mix it up, high, mid, low. He knows where to move. He's done this before, and if he can implement that wrestling game, Francis, unless he just changed up his cardio and knows how to actually, like, implement a proper jab it's going to be the same thing again i'm going stipe i love the over one and a half i mean that should be the play if anything i love the over one and a half and i dude stipe should just ride into the sunset after this there's gonna be two rip off the gloves put in the center of the octagon co-main main if time will becomes co-main so wait so you're saying if stipe wins he's retiring yeah now he already said he's going to fight John Jones. He just can't think about it till after he beats. He already beats Francis. Oh, fuck. I'm just saying. I'm just. He he said that already. He's like, I can't think about John Jones until I get past Francis. Mm, um, God, why? Why what? Why give him? Give him that opportunity, dude. Why give John Jones the opportunity? He's going to get it anyway. So would you rather see John Jones versus Francis or John Jones versus Stipe? See, that fight scares me because there is someone in John Jones. I've said this from the beginning. John Jones poses a huge threat just because of his grappling piece that no one in the heavyweight division has. But, you know, whatever. That's besides the point. I don't want to talk about John Jones. I'm not going to talk about that loser. Okay. All right. So <laughs> that loser. <laughs> You're a loser. All right. So I I like Stipe just because for I like – I'm going to tell you why I like Stipe, right? I like Stipe, obviously, because he has the win. I ha- I like Stipe because I believe – Realistically, um, with, with you run into the argument here, and it's almost like comparing like Michael Jordan to Kobe with different eras. I believe that Steve is probably the greatest heavyweight 
that we've ever seen. Um, I can't call him the greatest of all time, right? Because all time hasn't passed yet. I, I refuse to be that person that you hear me talk about goat shit all the time. I don't want to talk about that. I just think he's the greatest that we've seen so far. Um, a, he's got a win over Francis. He showed the blueprint on how to beat Francis. And for all intents and purposes, I believe that he should beat Francis. Things that concern me about this fight. It's a small cage, mm-hmm. which part of me, right, says that that should play into Stipe's approach that he had in fight one, which was take Francis to the ground and slowly drown him over the course of five rounds. Yeah. The other part of that, though, that scares me is that he can't utilize his footwork as well as he does. You talk about the cardio of Stipe and where that comes into play is because Stipe has great footwork for a heavyweight. He's able to move around both laterally and horizontally and find angles and escape. And if you get a bull rush situation where um, you got a guy like Francis that wants to come at you swinging all wide and wild, right? Like, like some crazy animal, um, that's a very difficult task in a small cage. That's a very hard thing to, to, to get away from. So that makes me nervous. The other thing that makes me nervous is Francis is, you know, he switched up his camps and he's got, he's got a little bit more insight now, right? You know, he's, he's working with, uh, Eric Nixick. He's out in Vegas. He's full-time all in. We're not training out of France anymore. Doing all this stuff. Like he's like all in utilizing the 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 pi to the best of his ability like he's literally like living everything that he needs to do and he's had time right we're talking about like four or five years since last time they fought the problem is is i can't even use that as an accurate metric to gauge how much better he's gotten because outside of the decision lost to Derek lewis he has less than three minutes of total cage time so you take the decision. So he loses the Stipe. He fights Derek Lewis. He loses a decision there. But outside of that, he's got less than three total minutes of cage time. What do you do with that? How does that? I can't. I can't wrap my head around that. You're. You know what? I think maybe it's less than five minutes. It's. It's. It's not much. It's not much. It's not even. I don't think it's a full round of fight time outside of the decision loss to Derek Lewis. So I can't sit here and, and and say with complete validity that I believe Francis is a better fighter than he was the first time he fought Stipe because we haven't seen him display anything realistically that would lead you to believe that he has gotten better now. Um, so I would like to believe that he, he's gotten better, right? Five years, you, you should be getting better. Four years, you should be getting better. But that's it's a very tall task when I haven't seen anything on tape to indicate such. I think the play on this fight is Stipe, uh, just based off of I think he's the best featherweight or best heavyweight we've ever seen um, so far. I think over under on rounds is good. We've never seen Francis finish, so let's go with the over. He couldn't finish him before, so let's go with it now. So over one and a half in Stipe. I, I think I think if you're betting Stipe and over one and a half, you're on the right side there. But, I mean, again, it's always fun to go for a finish too. And I've said this before, and I hate that it comes true. With the exception of Dom Cruz, legends are dying left and right in the apex. And – as somebody pointed out in the chat earlier, Stipe is getting older. He's he's in his late 30s now. Um, he's got kid number two on the way. He's near his pension at the, at the firehouse. 
you know, he could retire if Francis knocks his head off of his shoulder. It took a long time for him coming back from the DC fight. The guy's been in some absolute wars. He, he absorbs a lot of damage when he fights. I'm sure retirement is something that's on his mind, maybe not at the forefront, but it is something that there is a conversation and a very awful, devastating separation from consciousness that Francis Ngannou can deal out may be something that brings us to that. Uh, I mean, Francis by knockout, you know, prop play, um, steep a money line, steep or over one and a half, play both sides of the fight and win some money. So, dude, you just reminded me of something. Yeah. Sean O'Malley just had a kid. He is so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that's, that's weird. Thomas Almeida, lock. You just reminded me of Steve having another kid. Dude, <laughs> Sean O'Malley. <laughs> it's over, dude. All right. Let's see here. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. All right. Let's get into the, ma- or the prelims here. Well, dude, you got to switch up your switch up your arsenal here. What? Sure. I, I only brought one can up from downstairs, so that's all I got. But we were doing, we were doing main card and prelims. Well, that's you saying that. I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that. That's the game plan, dude. This is main card and the prelims. You literally didn't tell me that. And your seltzer can is so it, it doesn't jive with your with your green screen. I can't even see it. It's you literally it's so light and non-alcoholic you can't even see it. It's because it's green watermelon, dude. Oh my gosh, dude. I know. I feel like the sororities would love it. I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. <laughs> Unbelievable. Finish your beer. Are those Ashland seltzers? Yeah, San Diego's finest. Let's if see. Ashland would like to sponsor the podcast, I will entertain it. You'll entertain it? Yeah. Shout out to the, somebody nailed it. Is Omar Morales versus Anthony Burchak in your prelims lineup? Um, yes, it is. Is it really? Yeah. Why is it Produ- Producer Jake, thumbs up, thumbs down. Is it oh, in there? No. no, it's not. Producer Jake is giving me the, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, which means it's not. Which means it's not. Okay, that's Sorry, okay. I thought you were talking Abu Abazar. No, no. How did you get that mixed up? Because those names sound very close. Omar Morales and Anthony Burchak sounds like Abu Azatar? Bro. Bro, okay. Abu Azatar taking on Mark andre <laughs> Barrio. Azatar at 14-2-1. Mark andre Barrio at 12-4. Oh man, I love it. I love the show. It's my favorite thing that I do. Um, Azatar plus 110, Barrio at a minus 130. Overrunner rounds is at two and a half. I like, I like Azatar in this fight. I like this is my, I, this might be my first real deal plus money fight of the night. I know you're big on your Canadians, but uh, my man, I don't know if this is it. I don't know if this is it for you. Um, what, what are you thinking here? Because I like Azatar. I like him a lot. Um, so, what what are your thoughts? Well, the UFC's tried to make this guy a star. Um, I don't think it's because of his talent. I think it's because his manager, uh, Abu, is it Abu or Abu Abu. Hey, go listen. You say whatever you want, man. I'm Abu, here for it. You know, he's, he's he's managed you go with by Azatar. Al- it's not that hard. All right, Azatar is managed by Ali, so you know Ali's just trying to get his fighters the best fights on the planet. Uh-huh. So you got to look at his canceled fights. He's got canceled fights. He had to drop out of us to Jericho, Joaquin Buckley. He's, he's going to fight good competition. The dude has just been riddled with injuries. Also a shit ton of failed drug tests. We just haven't seen him fight. 
Mark, Mark Andre, I believe what he has, he's on a three fight losing skit or something like that. Um, you know, I think he's at that point right now where, you know, he's fought good competition, John Yu Park, you know, Christoph Jocko. Um, he has a good base. Um, he's, he's, he's a good striker. The problem is if you look at Abu and his little fights that he has had, he's a stream, extremely aggressive fighter who will bull rush you, push you up against the cage and make it dirty. Mark Andre is more going to be that guy who's going to pick you apart from distance and try and get this thing to a decision. Hence the two and a half. Um, I just think that Abu's probably going to have the better wrestling. I'm fair. You know, when you go to apex cage, it's the same thing we're talking about with like, you know, Steve bear, whomever you got to fare a little bit more with the guy who's either going to be a more devastating or B is going to be able to wrestle heavy in that cage and keep it in close quarters. Abu's going to be able to do that. I don't want to bet on Abu. I think Mark Andre can get this. I'm staying away from this fight, but um, you know, either way, I don't know. My biggest concern with Azatar is we haven't seen him since 2018. That's my big concern, right? Um, obviously, both these guys have, or at least Azatar issue has had um, Usada problems in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do believe, you know, 2000. Gosh, like I said, we haven't seen him since 2018. But I did like him, like the Vitor Miranda fight that we saw him in Vitor Miranda used to compete at heavyweight. So Vitor Miranda was, was a big boy, you know, look, man, it's one of those things where I want to, I don't know. He's going to have the striking as is going to have the wrestling and the brawling. style. So it's just a matter of where you want to go. I, I want to go with Mark Andre just, man, because I think his striking is better, but I believe he's not a bad play dude, I guess. Okay. I'm not. I'm not completely sold on it. And then to be honest with you, on our plays, our like plays we like slip. This oh. fight will not be on it. No, this fight no. will not be on it. All right. Uh, but I, my initial leanings are Azatar, just because he's he's just going to be. I think, in my opinion, he'll be the bigger, stronger guy. All right. So let's go back into this real quick. So if I'm not mistaken, so I just want to clear something up. I, and I hate to bog down the flow of the show. So Omar Morales versus anthony burchak is that because shane young dropped off is that is that what's going on there because i obviously i had omar morales versus shane young that that's what i prepped for but now i'm now chat saying omar morales versus anthony burchak is burchak stepping in last second again because even i pulled up ufc's official website i pulled i pulled up ufc's website it wasn't even on there was it well no it is on there it's but it's against shane young and then i'm on mma junkie as well and I'm showing um, Shane Young, and then I'm on my bookie, and I'm showing Shane Young there as well. So, was there a switch up, real quick, chat before we before we press forward on this? Because I'll break it down either way. It's going to be Omar Morales. Um, I, I, I well, for sure, dude. Shane, <laughs> no, dude, yes, absolutely. Omar, this again. I don't like the L word, but here's my L word of the night: Omar Morales. Doesn't matter whether it's Shane Young or whether it's Anthony Burchak. I like it even more if it's Anthony Burchak. Uh, Shane Young still Omar Morales by knockout. Either one of them, Omar Morales by knockout. That's my play. Either one of those guys. What did you see from Omar Morales that you like so much? I don't think he looked that good against uh, Chickadees, dude. <laughs> He's crazy, fought. Dude. He fought a elite level striker and lost. Yeah, by decision. But you're talking about a guy in Shane Young, right? If we're talking about if we're talking about Shane Young, uh, Mister, come out and he's doing the whole 
uh, gosh, I don't even want to say it because I don't, it'll be wrong, but the Shane Young that got knocked out by Ladova Klein, uh, the Shane Young that lost to Alexander Volkanovsky, the Shane Young, whose only wins in the UFC come come via Rolando Die and Austin Arnett. Yeah, man, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Omar Morales. Dude, Shane Young is City Kickboxing. They're on a heater, bro. <laughs> Dude, don't. Okay, they're, they're not. They're not on a heater. Right, um, Omar Omar is big, strong, fast. He hits hard. He's well rounded. He's like a he's like a lightweight version of Paulo Costa. He's got no body fat. He throws everything with ill intention. Um, as long as he's not fighting Israel Adesanya, so maybe maybe there is something to this. I don't know. Well, um, I'm just, I'm, you said quality of competition. So if you want to you want to play this game, bro, you forget Shane Young fought Alex, Alexander Volkanovsky. Any loss, but yes, but again, well, you, you're Alomar right. Lost to to Giga, right? Who who's going to lose to Cub Swanson? So, you know, we can we can do this. We can do MMA math all day. But Dong Young Ma and Gabriel Benitez are better wins than anybody that Shane uh, Shane Young has beaten. Anthony Burchak, on the other hand, is you know if we're going against Anthony Burchak, Anthony Burchak, tenth planet Jiu Jitsu black belt, um, head coach at tenth planet Tucson. He's a bad dude when it comes to going on the ground, but it's not going to go to the ground. And even if it does, he's not going to be strong enough to do anything against a guy like Omar Morales. I still like Omar Morales. I like Omar Morales. I like it inside the distance. However, I'd knock out Omar Morales by knockout, whoever the opponent is. I don't care. All right. That's it. That's all you got. That's it, dude. I was going to Omar the whole time. I just, oh my gosh, want to ruffle your feathers. Literally just wanted to push back on it. I appreciate that. Yep. All right, man. Let's see here. What else do we have? I hate how they switch this stuff up. Your girl, Miranda Maverick, taking on Jillian Robertson. Miranda Maverick, eight and two. Jillian Robertson, nine and five. We had this fight a couple weeks ago. It dropped off. Here we are. Back like we never left. I'm imagining, even though the price has got because the price has gotten better, you still like Miranda Maverick even more, right? Against Jillian. Is it not? Because you like you like Miranda a few weeks ago and the price was higher, but now we're back and the price is better. Do you still like her? Over Jillian Robertson. I don't have a problem using the L word, so I'll just use it right now. Miranda Maravik is a lock, dude. Miranda Maverick is a lock. Okay. I'm not going to argue. I'm not betting this fight at all, so go ahead. Jillian Robertson, talk about someone that needs to evolve. She needs to evolve. She Mm. is known, and the price is always put ever so clearly for her just because of her ground game. That's Mm. Yes, she has great top pressure. For that division and for women in general but she has no stand-up whatsoever miranda actually does miranda had an insane run in invicta she fought people who i think are way better competition than jillian robertson like the pearl gonzalez's of the world mm. yes she's going to be shorter miranda but she's going to have a two-inch reach advantage i think that she's going to come in thicker so it's going to be tough for jillian robertson to get her down on the ground she's going to get picked apart standing up Dude, I, I just don't understand this. Like, you know, case in point, if Jillian Roberts can't get someone like Talia Santos down, what did Talia Santos do? She just picked her apart standing up. Jillian Roberts needs to like literally spend some time on her striking, understand how to have a good foundation while she is standing up, and then we can go from there. But until she evolves there, I'm always going to go with the, you know, the better striker. I think Miranda Mravic is going to get this thing done. She's going to get it done 
I don't think she's going to get it done decisively. I think it's still going to be over two and a half, but she'll get it done. She'll get it done. I'm not touching this fight. I'm not. I'm not touching it at all. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen enough out of Miranda Maverick to say that she is going to dominate a girl like Jillian Robertson. And Jillian Robertson could just as easily roll in and attach herself to one of those big giant legs of Miranda Maverick and rip her heel off. And, and then, then you're sitting there wondering what the heck happened. I, I, I don't want to touch this fight at all. Stimmy money or not, I'm not touching this fight. Dude, it was the same thing when she came in. She fought that Jiaoju girl or whatever. She was like a minus 350. And everyone's like, oh, dude, coming from Invicto. We don't know about her or whatever. Freaking doctor stoppage at the end of the first round made it bloody. Jillian Robinson's going to get. She didn't look great prior to that. If she didn't literally open up a, a hatchet wound across that girl's nose, the fight would have been going. She didn't look good and she opened up a hatchet wound. What was that's the most like. Catch my two statement I've ever heard in my life. She threw one out. You know what? I'm glad that you want to bet Miranda Maverick. You bet Miranda Maverick. I'm not touching this fight. I'm not going to argue a position here because I don't care. I don't. I'm not betting this fight. Wife's stimmy going on that. Wife's All three stimmies are accounted for. Oh my gosh! All right, you should have four stimmies. Dude, they didn't give me one for the youngest. What? Yeah, because he wasn't there last tax season. Yes. Dang it. I know. Dang it. So not only did you have no kids. So think about it. If 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 we were to be given stimmies out back whenever Tyron Woodley last won a fight, <laughs> you would be getting just stimmies for you. I know. I know. And then I, what I would do is I would take that one stimmy and put it on Miranda. You <laughs> Gosh. All right, man. I, I got to keep, we got to keep momentum going here. I'm, I'm failing fat. I, we, I, pre, I pre-gamed with a pretty heavy beer. All right. Um, Modestus Bukalkis at 11 and three, taking on Michael Olajacek. Um, Dude, I just, I really can't with this, man, because it's really one of those things where I'm trying my best with these names, but the more foreign we get, the harder it gets. So Modestus Bukalkis taking on Michael Olajacek at 14 and four, Modestus at 11 and three. Dude, we're going to keep it moving right along here. Uh, Bukowskis at a plus 140. Olajacek at a minus 160. Overrun rounds at two and a half. These guys both have finishing power. I don't necessarily see the two and a half here. I think it goes under. I think under two and a half is a great play here. Because in my opinion, Olajacek is a guy that could possibly fight at 185. I don't necessarily understand why we keep seeing him at 205. I feel like if he put a little discipline in, got himself a legitimate strength and conditioning coach, tightened up a little bit. I think we could see him at 185. He'd be a big 185-er, but instead we continue to see him fight big, giant 205s, and Bukowskis is exactly that. I think this thing gets done early, man. I don't like the two and a half. I think it goes under. This is my play, the under in this fight. Oh, Jacek is a dude that, honestly, he's going to have the power for sure. Um, I, I say the minus 160 is a little heavy, and – the reason it's a little heavy is because he's done his uh, a couple knockouts in devastating fashion, but they've been against guys that I think are not good. John Volante, I mean, Antigua Lob, I don't think this is bad, but John Volante within himself, dude, we have seen the erosion. Dude, you love John Volante. That's your boy. I hate John Volante, dude. I hate John Volante so much, and I don't think that the 160 is constituted by any means. I think Bukowskis is going to have the better striking. He's going to oh. have the reach advantage. He's going to come oh. in with a better gas tank, but he is going to be met with someone that's going to hold more power. I want to stay away from this fight, but I would 1,000% sprinkle a little bit on the plus 140. 
Uh, under two and a half, to your point, though, is the play. Yeah, I'm gonna let me see what under two and a half sits at real quick because that's under two and a half and a minus one forty five. You'll see that on my slip come Friday, bro. That's on my slip. Mark it down now. Minus one forty five under two and a half for Modestus Pukowskis and Michael Olajacek. Okay, that's cool. I thought you were frozen. You were sitting perfectly still there for a second. That was pretty wild. All right, two fights left. Jared Gooden taking Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov. Boy, oh boy. Jared Gooden at 17 and 5. Nurmagomedov at 15, 3, and 1. Jared Gooden plus 203. Nurmagomedov minus 238. It's a pretty decent price for a guy with the last name Nurmagomedov, but I yes. can't say anything about anybody with the last name Nurmagomedov or Makachev, or any of these other Caucasus Mountain Warriors that I normally love and adore. But here's the thing, man. People just, they, they, you know, they think that we're we're, we're anti-neckbeard all of a sudden. They think we're <laughs> anti-Caucasus Mountain Warriors. And you know that's not the case. We love our Caucasus Mountain Warriors, man. I love Nurmagomedov here at minus 238. I think he's got a stiff test in Jared Gordon. Jared Gooden's, Jared Gooden is no slouch. I said Jared Gordon earlier, sorry. Jared Gooden uh, is, a, is a stiff test here. He's a big, strong dude, but I think Nurmagomedov can get this pretty, done pretty much anywhere he wants it. Uh, I think this will be a slow drowning on national TV and one of the few overs that I actually like come Saturday night. So you're taking Abu Bakar? I'm taking Abu Bakar, yes. <laughs> that is – okay. Clearly what? you didn't do any research. Okay. Dude, Please. This is, this is This is a lock. This is if I I might just have another kid so I can get a stimmy and then I can throw Dude. it on Jared Gooden. Wow. Okay. I feel passionate about this one. Please. Dude, Abu Bakar is legit getting this lean at minus 238. 1000%. He said at the beginning of this thing because of his last name. Okay. He hasn't won since 2018. He has a loss to David Zawada. Dude, he has a draw in the PFL. He's a decision king. And the thing is, for a guy that is going to have a be a Nurmagomedov or whatever and have that last name. You got to have a ground game. Dude doesn't have a ground game. He can wrestle, but dude, he is 1000% able to be submit submitted. And it's happened a billion times. Jared Gooden has an insane guillotine, like kind of like we see in like the Brian Kelleher type status where he can just lock that shit up. Jared's a guy. He's going to come in the bigger guy. He's fought the better competition, i.e. Alan Joban. He lost. Okay. Go ahead. Finish your point. Oh I'm not God. saying it doesn't matter if he lost. Dude, we just had a conversation about better quality of the competition and two losses. Alan Joban, he went to decision with him, who is a much more well-rounded fighter than Abu Bakar. Abu Bakar is going to wrestle you. If it goes to the ground, though, <laughs> I could see Jared either A, getting a TKO, or B, getting an actual slick sub, dude. Abu Bakar has not shown me one thing that he can do besides, to your point, <laughs> wrestle you up against the cage, elongate for this fight, make it the most boring thing. But Jared's going to freaking swim out of that shit, elbow to the fucking face, take this thing to the ground, get a TKO or get a guillotine sub, call it a day, done. Take the plus 203. I'm okay. fired up, dude. I'm fired up. How I can you that. go with a guy that has literally shown you nothing? I, I don't understand. You're talking about a guy whose last win came against Trent McCown in Titan fights. Prior to that, he beat Jay Jackson in Empire FC. He literally is fighting in made-up fight promotions. Erroneous. And you're, and you're like, this dude's guillotine is next level. I'm looking at his record here. I don't see a guillotine win. When did he have – he had a guillotine win against Marcel Stamps back in – what was this? 
2000. He had a, he's literally has one win over guillotine in his entire career. Uh, his entire career, the uh, guy has he has 22 professional fights, and you're like, he has one win by guillotine. You're like, this dude has a guillotine that it's next level. He beat <laughs> Marcel Stamps by guillotine choke. Um, and this was back in Island Fights 60 in 2019. You put a stamp on that fight. And you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. I, I don't I don't know, man. I don't understand. I, I under listen. I can appreciate your passion, right? Dude, I, I, I if this hits, I'm freaking going so you, ham you on can, social. You can go as crazy as you want to, but you're talking about a guy, right? Yeah. Who here's the thing, right? I, I understand Nurmagomedov lost to David Zawada, right? But listen, two things you need to remember about David Zawada, right? So one, David Zawada, arguably one of the best nicknames in the game in Sagat, right? Uh, unbelievable nickname. Took Ramazan and Meev to a split decision, and Ramazan and Meev is an animal in a fight that I thought that possibly Zawada could have won. Then he took a draw. You're talking about his PFL fight, but the draw in PFL was against Bojan Vilasovic, and Vilasovic is a, I'm going to use Joe Rogan's word here, murderer. He is a savage. Vilasovic is a stud, and he took him to draw. And you're talking about he hasn't fought anybody. Yes, his win, his lone win in the PFL game came against Jonathan Weston and then lost in PFL as well to Pavel Kush. But here's the thing, man. If you want to talk about quality of opponent, the way he's performed in his last two fights, be it a draw and a loss, is better than Jared Gooden, the guillotine king, as he has now been dubbed thanks to the chat for his <laughs> one guillotine win. Dude, yeah. I understand. I'm, I I give zero shits about Nurmagomedov as the last name. I believe that it's probably the Caucasus Mountain version of Smith or Jones at this point. I, have, I care zero about that last name. I'm literally going, I'm just picking the guy. Because I think he's going to win the fight. I, I probably won't even bet this at a minus 238. Maybe I would. You know what? I have to now because we talk so much trash. I have to. But I wasn't going to. But now I have to. So Abu Bakar by Stimmy. Um, any way I can get it, man. I don't, I don't care. I'm taking a money line at a minus 238. Just because you made such a robust point about it. I can't, I can't with you. I can't. Is going to be so invested in this fight. It's going to nobody. Be- nobody's going to care about this fight except for <laughs> everyone's going to care. About this nobody's fight. going to care about this fight oh, except yeah. for us. All right, last fight we're breaking down of the night: Hannah Goldie at five and one, finally making. Dude, finally Hannah Goldie comes back. You right? like Hannah Goldie, dude? I don't know why. I, here's the thing: is I did, and now I don't. So Hannah Goldie at five and one, Je- Jessica Panay at twelve and five. The round or the, the the odds on this Hannah Goldie minus one twenty two Jessica Panay plus one hundred over on rounds is at two and a half. I I'm look, I threw this stat out on our social and I want to throw it out again. Okay, yeah. People that have no showed our show. Oh yeah. Are O and four. One of these women has no showed our show. Oh man. I One of these women has no showed our show. There's going to be a one and four, dude. Probably. You think there's going to be a one and four here? Yeah, it sucks. I'd love it to be zero and five, but. So long story short, Hannah Goldie no showed us one time. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there. She committed to coming on the show. We went to we went so far as to start prepping the hype reel as we've put out for previous guests. Um, we were gonna put the hype reel out, and then she just fell off the planet. Mm-hmm. So she hasn't fought since then. In fact, she was scheduled to fight, no showed our show, and then hurt her shoulder. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You don't do the boys dirty. You don't do the punchless boys dirty. Bad things happen. Bad things happen. From a betting perspective, Hannah Goldie's going to beat the shit out of Jessica Panay. But that was a threat. That's not a threat. I'm just saying. Right. I just I, I don't it's come not, on our show. Bad things happen. If you that's, don't, I'm just saying. If you commit to coming on our show and then you no show us, bad things happen. Ask Kevin Holland. <laughs> I'm just saying. Ask Kevin Holland. Ask Frank Camacho. <laughs> I'll throw everybody's name out. Everybody that no shows us, I'll name everybody right now. If you no show us, you will lose your next fight. All right. Fair. Hannah Goldie no showed us. I said it. Okay. She no showed us, but I'm I think she has a path to victory against Panay, who hasn't fought since 2017. She's on a three-fight losing skid. She hasn't won a fight since 2014, and that wasn't a, that was against random Marcos. The one benefit she has, she's been training pretty extensively with Angela Hill. Here's the thing with Hannah Goldie, though. Hannah Goldie, I implore everyone to go on her Instagram. She is a thick chick, triple C, yoked to the gills, like. I, dude, fear. I'd be feared next to her. I'd just be like, uh, I'm, I'm a chick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she, she has 0% body fat. Absolutely she, zero. She put a video out, or a picture out today of her in the sauna cutting weight. Oh, I don't know where she has any more weight to cut between now and weigh in. She right literally there, has, right she is 0% body fat. I don't understand it whatsoever. Um, but anyway, sorry, go ahead. I interrupted you there. What, where, where are you going with this? No, what's crazy is for someone that's that strong and that beastly, the way she fights is completely contradictory. She right. is someone that strikes from distance and moves around. No, 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 no. She needs to be the type of chick that freaking clenches against the cage, makes it ugly, just ragdolls chicks around. She doesn't do that. But here's the thing. I think she's going to evolve because she's training with someone who wants to bring people to the ground in Jillian Robertson. So I think with training someone extensively like a Jillian Robertson, who, like I just said, is so one dimensional, she has to have taken some of those traits in. She's going to already have her striking. That's what she's built everything on. But now she has the ground game portion. And if she implements that in the smaller cage against someone who hasn't fought since 2017, who hasn't won since 2014, Hannah Goldie should get this win, you know, regardless of her inactivity as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, no, I think Hannah Goldie wins this fight, man. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I think she wins the fight. Um, I, I think she wins the fight. I think this is a good opportunity to get decent money on, on a chick fight that I feel fairly confident about. Most women's fights, as we say, are you know coin flips. I think that this, you know, I, I think that Hannah Goldie stands well more than a 50% chance of winning this fight. I like her at <laughs> minus one, minus 120, minus 125, whatever it ends up being. I'd play it now. Tuesday night, releasing tonight, going into Wednesday. I'd play it now after weigh-ins and people see her. Here's the only caveat is is Hannah Goldie's got to make weight, man. She's got to make weight. Mm-hmm. If she can make weight, it's not a problem. I like Hannah Goldie. Um, 
and the over seems like a great opportunity here too. Uh, I wanted to. That's the one thing I was. I got distracted by you talking over two and a half. Is at a minus three twenty. Not necessarily consider playing that, um, but Hannah Goldie at the minus one twenty two. I do like that for all the reasons I was going to say. You know, I was going to go in on Jessica Panay, but you nailed it all, man. You, you did your research there. If nothing else, the Oracle of Women's MMA speaks yet again. And you you have delivered Hannah Goldie minus one twenty two money line play. I like it. Little little uh, Maverick Goldie, little double double chick parlay maybe. Maverick Goldie parlay. I can get on board with that. You want me? You want me to give you odds on it real quick? Odds on that, dude. If it's if it's if it's a little bit of plusy, then I'm. <laughs> Do you, want me, do you want me? Do you want me put Tyron Woodley on it too? You want me do? You want me do an, a Trey Stimmy parlay? Do you want me to tell you what it comes back at? Yeah, dude, throw. Yeah, no, throw. No, no, no. I don't want. I don't want Woodley. I want. I want Gooden, Goldie, Maverick. Gooden, Goldie, Maverick. The good gold Maverick. Whoa. Okay, that's for sure going to be a social tile tomorrow. Okay, the good gold Maverick is coming back at a plus seven sixty eight. Oh my god. Are you going to play it? Yes, we've done it. We've done it. We're rich, baby. We're rich, baby. Red panty night. Red panty night. It's going down. It's going down. All right. Anything um, else you got to say to the people before we wrap this thing up, my man? Guys, Dale is a whore for likes and subs, apparently. Mm. Oh, can I, I, hold on a second. Can I, can I, can I cut you off real quick? Interject. The Interject. Stuff. Speaking of being, speak, speaking of being a whore. Um, <laughs> I've recently been in contact with a local fight promotion here, Ram FC, and we are looking to do some work with them. Um, We're still hammering it out. So it's like an announcement that's not really an announcement, but Punchlist MMA in some shape or form will be, you know, doing some sort of work. I don't want to use partner because I don't want to overstep, but we will be doing something in collaboration with Ram FC here in the Southeast. Um, So whether it's, hosting you know events on our show or doing something like that we are going to do something commentary work it remains to be seen we are going to do something with them it is it is fleshing itself out still we still got some meetings that we got to do but i want to let people know that the show continues to grow and evolve and interject in all facets of the sport it's going to be fantastic um so if you guys haven't already head over to instagram because they're just getting started check out ram fighting championships r-a-m fighting championship check them out on instagram give them a follow and just see what they got coming up they got an event coming up on may 8th and the punch list team will be embedded for that for sure we'll be there so just be sure to check it out you know how we like to get on board we like to sponsor stuff we like to get involved with fighters promotions all that stuff you've seen us on bellator before we're we're, we're, we're gonna try to get in anywhere we can to help punch list nation grow uh to what we believe it can be which is the most powerful you know mma betting platform on earth so that's what we want to do all right, go ahead. Sorry, I'm a whore for likes and subscribes and shares. Go. No, but you said it. We're all about growth. Um, there is a. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna be transparent. Too. There's a disparity between the amount of downloads we get mm. and the Instagram following that we have. Mm. Guys, if you are listening to this podcast right now, I implore you, not just because of our own like internal growth, but just for news, activity, additional notes, and then more so, just the fun that we freaking have on on Saturdays. You got to follow us at Punchless MMA. Go to yeah. Punchless MMA on Instagram. Hit that follow button. I'm telling you, it's going to change your world, man. Maybe I'll pop my shirt off. I don't really know. Dude, what? You threatening to take your shirt off? Bro, we, are we going to do an OnlyFans? Hey, dude. I Dober was too scared. I stepped up the plate. Life goes on. 
there's a lot of people coming out with OnlyFans recently. Did you see this? What's going on here? I don't understand. Is the UFC not paying anybody? What's happening? Who's who's new? Um. Well, so well, here's the thing: is I don't think they're doing OnlyFans. I think they're they're promoting the exclusive content sites, oh, right here. Like right, right, content. exclusive yeah. content. Your your girl Pearl has an exclusive content. Yeah, um, so, site is content. right. Yeah, so that, it's it's the new thing. I don't understand it. I, I just why, why can't we just pay them more so then they don't have to do that? Well, but, hopefully with the Venom deal, they're going to get paid a little bit more than the Reebok deal. I hope so. I I literally want to see fight pay. I've, if Evander Holyfield can get. $25 million raised up for old-ass Mike Tyson rematch taking place on May 28th. I really think that we should be able to pay fighters a living wage so they don't have to get completely naked for money. I'm just saying, if you want to get naked for money, that's your right and privilege as, as a citizen of this world to do so. I'm not going to tell you not to partake in the oldest profession, but you shouldn't have to to make ends meet. Well, Jared said Valerie Lareda just started your own site, too. There you go. See? Psycho. That's there we go. I told you. It's crazy. It shouldn't have to be like that. Um, but anyway, again, do you to make money, man. I literally, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to make money. I don't I don't care. Minus that. I'm not going to make an exclusive content site. Um, out. But anyway, Trey, anything else for the people? Nope. Guys, just follow, support, like, subscribe, do everything under the sun. Um, <laughs> just follow us. Just follow, follow us to the promised land. Let's win some money. Listen, guys, I appreciate everybody that listens to tune in the show. Thanks for being here for the uh, for the live stream. If you if you're listening to this on audio format, please consider joining us on live stream YouTube live on Tuesday nights at 10:30 Eastern, 7:30 Pacific. Do what you can. We've got uh, I'll be showcasing on the Anakin Florian podcast middle of next month for UFC 261. We got some stuff going on with Ram Fighting Championships. Like I said, we got the new format. We've got some other things in the works. We got some fighter interviews lined up. We've got a bunch of stuff in the works. So if you haven't followed us, please do so. All of our channels, anywhere under the sun. If it's a social channel, look up Punchless MMA, and we are there. And we also have some new merch that's getting ready to roll out here sooner rather than later that'll keep these things nice and cool a little bit longer. So Appreciate everybody that tunes into the show. Appreciate everybody that downloads and uh, catch you guys next week. And I will catch everybody on Saturday night uh, as we live stream. Oh, and then Friday night for beers and bets. Sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to discount that Friday nights, beers and bets, 1030, 1030 Eastern on Instagram live, me, you beers and bets. Um, and we'll be answering any and all betting questions following the weigh-ins and COVID-19, hopefully fingers crossed uh, adjustments. And we'll go from there. So we'll see everybody there. Take care. Be good to each other.